The Dane and Derek Show is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Dane and Derek. My name is Derek. I'm one of your two co-hosts on this podcast in our very, very tiny corner of the internet. <laughs> you know that I make movies and uh, play a lot of tabletop games, and I've also had a handful of jobs. And today with me is my good friend, Dane. Hey, uh, I am a person in this capitalist society. I am a cog in the machine that I've worked many a job. Um, I also write and play tabletop games and love nerd stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I'm about to go to school to get a very specific job. Yeah. Um, yeah. So old law school. Yeah. Godspeed with all that reading. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> so today's topic is jobs we've had. This one was one of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, any other comments before we just dive into talking about jobs we've had? Um, okay. Big, broad, big, broad idea here. Um, Jobs are fun. They can be awful. They are often entirely necessary. I kind of wish they weren't. Um, If you are a person who loves your job and finds it your calling, that's awesome. Um, I am definitely a person of the philosophy that uh, the way we ask people to work is on the whole a little immoral and um, certainly don't believe that people's uh, identity or value is heavily linked up with their the way that they earn the money that our society requires them to do to eat and live. Um, yeah. So just signposting all that. Um, also, jobs are hilarious often in retrospect, especially those yes. early ones you have in your teens and 20s. So we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of odd jobs. Um, like, I think the first like thing I ever got paid for was lawn mowing. Mm, um, solid. I lawn mowed a, a friend's house. Classic suburban start. Yeah, I did it twice, uh, <laughs> and I got paid 150 bucks. Damn. Which was incredible. I was so rich that summer. Uh I saw a lot of movies that summer, um, and then this the probably probably the uh, I don't know like my work history is pretty it's not like limited but I've been very lucky I'll put it that way mm-hmm. I've been very lucky in that almost every job I've had has been related to something I've enjoyed doing um like my first job my first like job job was I was a martial arts instructor for six months. Mm-hmm. At the dojo that I spent majority of my time at in high school. I remember um, that. Yep. Yeah. I would basically open up the dojo, teach the children's and juniors class, and then um, train. And then at the end of training, I would clean up the dojo and lock up for the night. Um, I did that for about six months. Uh, and then I went back to being a volunteer because I just couldn't work. I just mm-hmm. couldn't work a lot of hours. Um, so it just made more sense for me to be a volunteer again. Yeah. Um, and then uh, after that, I got very lucky in that uh, my dad was doing like a business presentation and he asked me to help him film a video. 
And then I cut the video together and then someone in the marketing department saw it and asked my dad to edit videos. And my dad was like, I don't edit videos. That was my son. And then that guy, his name's Mike Barrowman, shout out to Mike. (laughs) He asked to interview me and hired me as an intern to make marketing videos. Um, and right, uh, God, I remember that. Yeah. So we, I would go for, a, Oh, we made like a short. Yes. We on, made a short oh film God, that I, I think that. is still on the internet called oh, threat force. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Flashbacks. Yeah, having it, flashbacks. Yeah. It was, uh, cause it was, it was, I, I worked for a company called Webroot, which is an antivirus software company. But at the time it was cloud-based antivirus software, which is like, was pretty unheard of at the time. Now it's pretty common. Yeah. Um, but basically like, we made like a, I, I basically made a lot of like corporate training videos. I filmed a lot of like all hands meetings. I archived a lot of stuff and I helped come up with marketing materials. And then on the side, I was like, I kind of want to just make a movie to kind of like, just be like, oh, this is, this could be a fun way to market the software. Um, cause we were, cause at the time we were trying to do a real big push to market to gamers. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, let's do something that's like VGHS. VGHS, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, oh, like, I don't really like shooter games, but I like VGHS. And oh, what if the antivirus software is like, you know, it's like a Halo drop squad and they like show up to like defeat the viruses on your computer. Uh, and so we made a very silly movie. Yeah. Um, I remember that. Didn't Nathan throw me into the cement? Yes, Nathan threw you into yeah. yeah, we we got a permit from the town of Superior to film mm. in an underpass. Yeah, um, and we had a bunch of just like airsoft guns and yep. like that was like one of the ones weapons. where we yeah it was one of the ones where we like called out to the cops first and like yeah. every hour about to be like hey we're still filming we're here this is what we're doing here's mm-hmm. our permit I remember that exactly yeah we had signs on set yep. we had we had like I think my brother was there just holding a sign up. Yeah, we had a couple of people whose whole job was to be like, um, to stop bikers and joggers yeah. and, and like let them know, like we're filming. We're also like you, these; all these weapons are fake. Yeah, we had yeah. that. Also, everybody had to put all the weapons down when we weren't actively filming. Was yes. the other thing we were very. You know, that yeah, was one thing I will was... say. We 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 were incredibly safe with how we made this because we we never at any point. I don't think we ever shot at a single shot where. It was like there were no like weapons pointed at camera, no Mm-mm. like direct one on one confrontation. A lot of stuff was like most of edited like the, after yeah. the fact. Most of the, like the 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 takedowns were uh, in melee or like cutaways where like we'd have like an angled shot of someone firing a gun and then a cut to the person being like hit. Um, yeah, and like they'd be like taking shots and then fall down, right? Like. Um, exactly yeah we were very crafty about it just because like i i don't really like guns i've never really liked mm-hmm. guns and guns on set have always made me super paranoid um for good reason um yeah you know we unfortunately still have accidents in the industry yep um with guns today and you know uh it's really unfortunate that safety isn't prioritized it's mm-hmm. a whole nother conversation stunt safety um but yeah, yeah, we were, but like for a bunch of like 16 year olds, we were incredibly safe about it. And yeah, we made a really cool, fun little short film that, um, you got paid for. On, yeah. It was honestly like one of the coolest things I, it's, it's, it's one of those weird films that I'm like, 
this was such a dumb movie, but it was so good. It was like, I learned a lot on that movie because I did mm. a lot of the VFX. I shot a lot of it. I edited it. I think I paid 20 bucks for a song for it. Um, yeah, I also think you funneled a lot of those funds right back into Bros of the Realm. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, oh, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much this job paid for Bros of the Realm. Uh, the um, half that like, wasn't initially. crowdfunded, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, because yeah. I think like we crowdfunded like was it three k two k something like that, and then I put an additional like grand and a half into it, which was basically mm. my my earnings that summer. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but yeah, that was a good job for you, no doubt. Yeah. So that was like, yeah. So that was like my first job job, and then everything else from there was kind of in the film world. Like, did a lot of rental house work up until I moved to LA. Did a, and then I continued to do a lot of rental house work. I think within this past year is the first time I've had a different job outside of a rental house. Um, besides like the occasional freelance or odd gig I've done mm-hmm. for people. Cause I fix a lot of things. I occasionally like sand things or like chop wood. I don't know. Like <laughs> I, I can do a lot of handyman things. Um, I, <laughs> I also do sound recording for people sometimes. That's like a thing I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I mean, a handful of times I've just been paid to like, you know, watch a truck or whatever, you know, classic LA PA stuff. Yep. Um, but that's like, I've been very lucky in that regard that most of the work I've, I've had the pleasure of doing has been in my field and has been something that I've really enjoyed. And, um, you know, that I've had mostly positive experiences with. I have had some really awful jobs, like, like anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had had jobs where I feel unsafe or I don't feel heard or I don't feel like like I can advocate for myself or I've had to deal with a lot of shitty people, but I, not to the extent of like someone working in the service industry. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I always try to keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So uh, going off of that, I think the very first time I worked for somebody was I would do... I would would work the 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 flower stand at the Louisville um, farmers market for my mom's flower business. Um, I didn't know your mom had a flower business. Yeah, she did. Um, she kind of closed shop right at the beginning of high school. Um, mm. So it was just it was a little bit before you and I met. She only did right. it for a few years, and it was mostly weddings. It, it was it was fun, and I, I still know way more about flower arranging than. Um, I, one would think from meeting that explains so much about you. Yeah. But okay. anyways, uh, so that was like the first time I did like something that looked like a job and then got paid for it. Um, mm-hmm. But like no W2 or anything. I didn't actually get like a quote unquote job job because I kind of, I don't want to go so far as to call them scams or grifts, but like, that's kind of what I did in high school where it was like, basically I drove people around for gas money and that's what I did. Like I would, I would, (laughs) you know, like I would, I basically would, I, I I Ubered before Uber was like a thing. Yeah. It was kind of, but only for like my friends and family. Um, Yeah. There was definitely a regular steady, uh, just peddling of $20 bills your way. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't like need a job in high school um, because I just kind of, did that like it got to the point where there's one time where will bangs's dad needed a ride and i drove him somewhere um wow yeah 
So, uh, yeah. So basically, like, I think probably if I had, if, if like I could have been like a Lyft or Uber driver in high school, I might have been. Um, but I don't know if that's like in, I don't know if they let high school drivers. Um, anyways. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Not. So, like, I didn't really get a job until college. And I started out working in the public radio station that was associated with the college, but was like independent. Um, and that was a pretty good gig. Um, I, it, it was a lot of like listening, reviewing music and um, talking with uh, labels mm-hmm. um, for, for money, which was like super cushy, super cool. I uh, did that for my first year of college. And then I started getting restaurant jobs um, for a little while. Uh, worked worked at a place called the Huckleberry down in Louisville. Loved that Classic that spot. Yeah, loved that job actually. Um, really, really, really enjoyed that. Um, I worked like a very specific shift that was like super chill, and I worked it every day, same time, and it was loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, then I worked an Irish pub when I got back to Durango for my second year of college. That was the worst, um, but. At the same time, I'd been doing uh, film scores for people. And kind of like you, I got handed a really good gig where I got paid 100 bucks an hour for Ooh, like wow, like about a week's worth of work. And that was – I was like, great, quitting this horrible job at the Irish Embassy, which is the name of the pub. Um Ugh. Yeah, not it's a good. terrible name for a pub. Yeah, not it was it's bad. Anyways, um, so then I I was just like, and I just went to my my roommate who I was kind of like subletting from, and I just was like, here's my rent for like the next like six months. Boom, and I just like didn't pay rent again until like June, like actively. Um, wow. Uh, at which point I got my first library job, uh, doing just like putting books away, uh. And then I became the director of music over at that radio station for a little while. And then that job got kind of closed down. It didn't, wasn't awesome. Didn't love it, but, uh, it wasn't like as cool as I'd really hoped it was going to be. And it was taking up a ton of time. So eventually I went back to the library, um, for quite a long time. And then I, after, after school, I was, I was not like in love with music in the same way. So I went and got a different, a more like professional full-time library gig for the last few years. And it's been solid. Like I've had like kind of a, what I'd describe as like just kind of a like solid, but low key kind of like job situation for as long as I've been working, which has been like, I've worked service jobs. I've worked kind of like uh, like I currently do like kind of customer service at the library. Like that's what working a desk is. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've managed some people when I was like the director of music. Um, you know, like I've done, I've done a number of things. I've, I've done audio editing freelance. Um, I compose soundtracks for music. Um, for, I've composed soundtracks for movies for money, um, <laughs> which kind of like you were talking about with like that magical feeling of like, whoa, I did like the thing and then they paid me. I was like, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, no lie that that was that was an awesome experience. But I did kind of come away from that feeling like I don't think I want to keep doing this um, just because I was like, I, I don't think I want to keep working with directors who don't know what they're talking about. And I get 
it, it was just, it just got frustrating. So I, I, I stopped. Um, and so it's like led to this, like you, you've mostly worked in your industry and, and what you wanted to, which is super cool. And I really want to know what your, how your feelings about this kind of in relation to what I'm about to say. Um, but like over the years, I've more and more come to this feeling in this place of like, I don't really want my art and my job to be the same thing. I want to be very interested and um, driven towards like the thing I, I do with most of my day, which is going to be a job because that's how a capitalist society works. Right. Like, right. Um, which is part of the reason I'm going into the, into law. Not only am I like, think I can do some good with it, but also it's like, this is a challenging profession. Like, yeah, I just want to be, I want to be challenged. I want to be working hard, like, or I'll be bored and I don't losing my mind slowly over, over time. Um, but it doesn't need to be like my calling, you know, like Mm -hmm. I've been slowly developing like a much more, an older version, like a historically, like like the idea of 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 your job being your passion is like sort of a thing that's come about in like the last 50ish years like that's right you know that's what it's been yeah. um and so for me I'm like kind of like doing like a throwback to like an earlier con- conception of like what a job is um and and that's like become like a really like grounding point in my life like I'm like oh this is this feels so much better like I can do my art without worry I have this like professionals aspect, like it, it feels much more balanced. Um, and I don't need to worry about like my writing life ever becoming, uh, something that I don't want to do because it's a, it's, it's work, you know? Right. The pressure's off. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. Even if, yeah. even if I hopefully one day have a published work, like, you know, like bound and in a bookstore, um, you know, like, that can make money or not. And it doesn't matter. Like, you know, that's, that's, um, um, that's where I'm at. And so it's been, it's been very interesting. So for you, who's had the good fortune to basically work in your, work in your industry and what you want to do, how do you feel about that? Yeah. Um, So I think from a very early age, my mother was always encouraging about, Whatever you do, work a job that is related to what you're interested in. Mm-hmm. So you'll be interested in finding ways to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, she was very much, she was very against me working for a very long time until I got that internship. Um, and in college, yeah, I worked, at our, I worked at the college rental house, which is basically customer service and IT combined, but for cameras and sound equipment. Yeah. Um, and when I moved to LA, that's how I cut my cut my teeth, cut my bread, got bread on the table for yep. the first three, four months. Um, I was basically like a freelance runner for various rental houses. Uh, just Well, I guess just really just one in, in Los Angeles in Glendale uh, called CSLA. Um, camera rentals, they're really great. Um, they treated me really well. Uh, and I think the thing that I had to reconcile when I moved to LA was that you know, there's this idea, right? Like you move to LA, you just start freelancing, making making music videos, making short films, cutting your teeth, and eventually you make a film that pops off and somehow you do this by the skin of your wallet, right? Yeah. 
when I moved to LA, I had no money. <laughs> I uh-huh. spent it all on my security deposit and my rent, which was subsidized by not my parents, but my my roommate's parents. Like, like they were subsidizing like her rent and my other roommate's rent. And so I got really cheap rent as a result. Mm. And so I was like, okay, like, I have exa- I have $1,200 that covers my, sec- my portion of the security deposit and my first month's rent, and that's it. And yeah. I quickly realized that I needed to reconcile the idea of, do I want to be directing for money full-time? And if so, can I even do that? And I looked at my work, and I realized that I have nothing in my reel that can get me work. Um, that was one of the first pieces of advice I got. Um, from my roommate's boss's boss. He had told me like, all these films you've made are really great. It shows that you're active. It shows that you're actively trying to write and direct, but it's not going to get you a job. All of this is stuff that won't get you work. Like what you need to be thinking about is how can you survive like these first 18 months in LA? Because after that, maybe you'll have enough of a foundation to, to work and, mm-hmm. and to start directing again. And that's ultimately where I, I moved back into the realm of kind of where, like what you were talking about, well, like the idea of having a, a job that is separate from your art. Um, but for me, it's a little bit more narrow in the sense of I work at, I mean, I'll just, I'll say it. I, I work at BuzzFeed. Um, I've been there for almost four years now. And what I do at BuzzFeed is very separate from what I do outside of BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they're both still creative and video and film oriented at Buzzfeed, I'm basically a, a logistics person. I'm a, I'm like a producer in, in a sense of the word. I, uh, but I'm also a teacher. I'm like a teacher, producer, logistics person. Uh-huh. And so it's very much a, a different, it works the, like, what is it? The right side of my brain, the analytical, the like I mathematical side of my is. brain. Yeah. yeah but I know it works that side of my brain. Versus my like short films and my podcasts and all that kind of stuff outside of work, which is then my, you know, works the left side of my brain. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't, I'm not in a creative role at BuzzFeed. I'm in a very um, logistics kind of role. And so even though it's the same field, I'm able to have a little bit of that separation. Yeah. Um, because I do think, I think that the mentality that you have, I think that that is honestly a really great way to support yourself as an artist. I think like a friend of mine once phrased it to me. He was like, do you think you'll ever become a full-time podcaster? And I was like, I don't know. Cause then I'd be worried about not being a full-time filmmaker. And he was like, but you'll always make movies. So you'll always be a filmmaker. So what's the big worry about becoming a full-time podcaster? And I was like, yeah. Oh, you're totally right. I'll still be able to be that thing. If, so long as I still practice. Right. Yeah. And so like, being able to practice art in the time that I have at the end of the week is still in there, you know, it still exists. And, um, I'm very lucky in that. Like I, I now have a lot of friends that are kind of like how it was in high school or in, in are like are in the same kind of spaces of, you know, do having like, I guess high school and college, like in the, in the sense of like, do having like a day thing to support yourself and then needing to express themselves through art outside of work. Yeah. Um, I think the the tricky part with working in the same field is, of course, like you're plugged into it at all, at all times. Like I'm mm-hmm. always plugged into industry news yeah. at all times. I don't really get a break from it. Um, and I guess to counteract that, it's why I started doing like 
it's why like I, I've started moving back into like Tuesday night project stuff, which is like performing arts mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. very like activism based and it's very grassroots. It's very DIY. It's live performance. It's very unplugged from everything else that I'm in. And something that I've been like working towards these last few years is um, going back and finding like another thing to be interested in outside of like the industry entirely. And for me, that's going to be like martial arts. And so it's like, finding things that are not just creating are becoming the, the sort of balancing act, right? Because I have a job where I do create in some way. And then outside of that job, I create a lot of things. So now everything else I do can't be that. Um, And I think it's, it's very much why, like, I mean, it's very much why like I do this podcast with you because it's, it's creating in a way that doesn't feel like film it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like my day job. Yeah. Um, it's why I do the actual play show for the exact same reason. Um, and it's why it's why I've also, I think it's also important that like, I think the other problem with like the film industry is that because it's all like, like, you know, gr- like freelance grind based, mm-hmm. very rarely do people get days off. Yeah. And people can hurt themselves physically and mentally just because of that. And I think that I wish the industry supported time off and time away from the itself, you know? I mm-hmm. wish there was a better way to do that outside of the unions and stuff like that. And I feel like I've gotten away from the question. Um, the question was how to, how to balance being working in a creative field while also being creative, right? Um, it was – no, I think you've actually answered it pretty well. It was just – I was more asking like what's the experience like, right? Because – Yeah. Um, because, I mean it's definitely exhausting. <laughs> yeah, because your job is part of – it is a, it is still a filmmaking media generation thing, which is yes. also your like passion side, right? Your, yeah. Um, something I've been doing is like I've started dividing up like – I like – Outside of like my social life, which is feels completely separate from these sorts of things, um, due to the fact not because I'm not like doing like this with you is like a social thing, but like, um, but it's about the people. It's not about making something. Um, like the law, yeah. and going to school, and eventually having a, a job in the law field, which is the goal, right? Right. That is always going to be a professional thing that is my like that's my professional life uh you know i want to hold up like my values while i'm doing it i want to make i want to be like fairly compensated for it you know i want to improve in it but that's what that is and then writing is like an endeavor for me like that's the word i've been using for it is like this is the thing where i make something at the end with a goal attached um and then everything else is a hobby it's like it's like something that's been like really important to me Mm -hmm. and having these like really firm dividing lines between them um, keeps my energy up in all of them basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so exactly. I, I feel like it would be a little harder. And like you were talking about with like that, like you're constantly plugged in to the, uh, to the industry um, when your endeavor and your work, while not the exact same are so related, even though. Oh yeah. Um, and so like it requires a lot more conscious, like, thought right like yes um, no yeah 100 percent. like for instance like i have to be very intentional with the kinds of movies i want to make because i could try and make a bunch of like youtube movies 
mm-hmm, but they might mm-hmm. end up just being like BuzzFeed videos. And at that point I would start cannibalizing the energy I have. Um, yeah. And I, so it's, it's very delicate in that regard. Like it's very delicate and I have to be, I've had to learn to be more okay with when I'm tired of thinking about video and film of just not pushing myself, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which is a new thing for me to just be like, yeah, you know, like I've been reading like people's scripts at work all day um, because they need to know how to like do this one art department thing. And I need to come up with a way to solve for it. Yep. I don't have the energy to go home and write my screenplay and that's okay. Like I need to be okay with that. Yeah. I'll find another day when I haven't had to do that at work. When my problems at work are more, can we make a spinning helicopter or camera rig or something? Um, right. Like, and you know, this gets to my feelings of like, this is where my, like sort of my frustration comes in of like, you know, of sometimes like I feel like our jobs end up taking all, always take the priority you know? Yeah. Um, and it's cause you know, like our society kind of has us over a barrel, right? Like gotta eat, gotta, yep. gotta, gotta rest. And you know, like you need the money. So like, that's going to end up kind of coming first and that can be really yeah. frustrating. And it's why it's so important to hold those boundaries and all that stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, the flip side, right? Like if you make your passion, your job, Mm-hmm then you're always working and then you're always over the barrel, even when you don't need to be. Right. And then it leads to the same kind of exhaustion and frustration. Um, right. Which it's like, funny how like both of those kind of do that. Yeah. And, and like the thing that I often think about is like, you know, for people who do have their passion be their job, I often th- find that the people who do it so successfully have a lot of stuff going on outside of it. Like mm-hmm. there are people who very much can kind of leave they're like, yeah, my job is my passion and those two are the same. Um, but that means that I do my job when I'm doing my passion, I'm doing my job and there's yeah. a line and I leave that at the door, you know? Yeah. And I can't keep, I can't, even though it is my passion, I can't always be doing it or I, I you know. Um, right. You'll, you'll die. <laughs> yeah. And so like I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's I, such a complicated thing. There was um, a there was an interview with Taika YTT Mm -hmm. and he said this about film. He said, the thing about film is that that the stress will kill you. He was like, you have to like, you can't just always do film because the stress will kill you. And I very much think that applies to so many other careers. Um, yeah. In that like you have to, like, I know that whenever I get to the, to, to the space where I'm able to write and direct full time, I know that I'm only going to allow myself 40 hours a week to do that max. If that, right. Everything right. else, like it can no longer be outside of that five days a week. It has to be within those boundaries because if I don't, you know, I, and it's I tough will, because you've spent so long doing your passion in the cracks between work yeah, and the rest of life. Right. You know? Uh-huh. And so learning to stop and let that be, the time in which you're doing it is probably super challenging. Um, Oh yeah. You know, and it's challenging. Yeah. And it's, uh, and like, you know, like because of the capitalist society we live in, when you try and do stuff like that, you feel bad. You feel like you're not hustling enough. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, right. It's like, what's more important, like hustling so much that by the time you succeed, you're like broken or, 
not hustling so hard. So when the time you, so when you do get there, maybe a little bit later than some, you're able to enjoy it because you're feeling healthy. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think about that a lot. Like, I think there was a moment where I realized, like, if I don't take care of myself, I will not live to see my success. I will not live to enjoy like free time. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's when I started monitoring what I was like eating and started working out again and started getting sleep, getting that eight hours of sleep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, and I mean, <laughs> in our society, sleep is not encouraged. No, it is not. And honestly, I, I often think about um, when when I find myself like feeling like I've run out of things to write, like, you know, those, those days where you're like, I don't have an original idea in my head and everything is trash, you know, like those days come, right. I often find that those days start coming more frequently when I have not been doing enough of anything else. Yes. Yes. You know, like, yes. You know, I'm like, oh man, I I probably need to go hiking a bit. You know, like, yeah, I need you know, to, yeah, I, you know, you I probably need to, to live a little. <laughs> yeah, I probably need to go like hang out with some friends somewhere. Yeah, that is not the house, right? Like, definitely mm-hmm. a ton of stuff like that. You know, no, one hundred percent. Like, I mean, there was a period when I moved to LA where I I like couldn't write. I like wrote like one thing and then I couldn't write anything else, and I realized it was because I was just working like mm-hmm. sixty hours a week. I wasn't social i wasn't doing i wasn't i wasn't allowing myself to have fun and i think that's the other thing too right like like you can have fun at your day job mm-hmm. even if it's not your passion right yeah yeah i've and often like, you said have, i've like, often said that like a bad job quickly becomes a very good job if you're working with the right people and that yeah. like what you're the place you're working for sucks like and by bad job i mean something you don't care about like right my be- my two favorite jobs I've ever had, like hands down, um, were working for the Huckleberry and working at the Durango Public Library. And that entirely had to do with two things, which is A, the fact that um, both of those like institutions ran really well at the time I was working there. Mm-hmm. Um, can't speak to how they work now. Um, but <laughs> And all the people there were rad as hell. Um, yeah. And so like, even though like I was tired and like, was like, I don't fucking want to, you know, bus tables or like I spent most of this day shelving books. Like I would walk away being like, yeah, but like I laughed with a bunch of people and you know, I did something that made a thing work and that's worth something. Oh, and you know, here's a bunch of money in my pocket, you know, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? It's like fun doesn't equal passion and passion doesn't equal fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I have had I've had days of work that I've enjoyed far more than certain days of writing. You know, like there have been some days of writing where I'll be like, I'll walk away and be like, Grace is like, what's wrong? I'm like, I fucked up that chapter and like walk out. Like, you know, like Yeah. And you know, (laughs) I didn't really. I just have to like go back and sort it out. But like you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well the you know, like I think like we often conflate passion with fun with job in this Mm -hmm. day and age, because there's this huge movement of like quit your day job to go find your real passion chasing really blue oceans and stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's not necessarily the same for everyone. Like, um, and it's also important to like s- dissect your, your self worth and your sense of success away yeah. from working, you mm-hmm. know, like, like, and making money, right? Like 
Mm-hmm. Being a successful like poet, for example, probably does not mean making money off being a poet. Um, right. That's that's really like only a handful of poets in the entire world get to be that. You know, right? And like yeah. some people's passions may not like literally might not make them money. Like, what if your passion is like traveling? Like, yeah, traveling, traveling, oh, yeah. and not not being like a tour guide or like a travel guide. Like, I'm talking just just no, traveling. Yeah. that's that's how my mom is she loves traveling but traveling is so expensive right and like it's like you're not gonna make uh, how 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 is you would how do you turn that passion into a a job right like yeah i think it's i think it's sometimes and i'm gonna just i'm on a soapbox here so you know bear with me everybody it's like our society uh so values this one particular thing your, your work what quote unquote monetary value you generate that Mm -hmm. it equate like it equates everything with that as the measure of both success and the measure of being real or not yeah um like can you like 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 you ask someone like if someone's passion is cooking many people's first thought is well they should become a chef is that true should they yeah, should they? Because no, like, I mean, they don't. They don't have to. No, because all, also being a chef kind of has some really rough edges around it. That's a yeah. hard fucking job, yeah. and what they love about cooking may not translate at all. Like even a little, right? Like, and so we immediately jump to like make it a job, right? And I think that's often really concerning. Yeah, you know? yeah, it is. It is very concerning because I think. I think the best jobs are the ones where you are able to harbor some distance between what you mm-hmm. like about it and what you don't like about it, right? Yeah. Like, there's a reason why I know that I will one day hopefully be a director. And it's because there are certain things about film that I don't like that give me distance mm-hmm. to set it down in yeah. a way that when I was like in high school, I couldn't set down because I was like very, I'd romanticized it. But as I've gotten older, I've had to reevaluate, like, do I still like this, even though it comes with these bad things? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mm-hmm. still do. And I and I like that because now it gives me a reason to to take a break. And I think like just because yeah, to your point, just because someone likes cooking doesn't mean they should be a chef because a chef comes with baggage right. compared to just cooking. And I think that like it's okay to let your hobbies and your passions just be that. They don't need to be a job. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I think there's there's something important about doing something that isn't linked to money yeah. that we've that like a lot of like influencer culture and just society at large right now in like the business spheres have been trying to monetize and it's they, very like, This bad. sounds like yeah, it feels like corporations almost want us to feel this way such yes. that we'll work harder, you know? Yeah. And just like literally on the cooking metaphor, you and I Arguably one of the best cooks you and I both know in common, uh, a certain Mr. Will Cordell. Yes, who the legendary Will Cordell, fantastic cook, mm-hmm. absolutely amateur. I, I've I asked him back in high school and some even in early college. Like, do you ever want to like do this? And he all oh, no, always no. Yeah, always no. I have asked him that too. I was and always you know, like, like, would you ever want to open open a pizza yeah. shop? And he's like, no. And like for fuck's sake, like. The man makes better pizza. The, like, I cannot find a slice of pizza I like better than his. Yeah, good he stuff. Makes the Don't best get me wrong, pizza. but like, and sure, some of it's nostalgia, but like, 
I know objectively it's better than a lot of garbage pieces of pizza I've no, eaten over you the know, years, right? Like he, he makes such good crust. Yeah, yeah, damn straight. Oh, and I'm just, dude. but I like. There's no need <laughs> for him to be anything else, right? And yeah, so, exactly. Man, and so, like, fuck, I, we should do a episode about Will's pizza. Oh, we should. We should get him on. But <laughs> yeah. what I mean, what I mean to say is that, like, at the end of all of this, in talking about jobs, is like, I think jobs should really be jobs. You call them yeah. what you want, your career, your professional, whatever. But and they can be passionate. You can care a lot, but like, you know, there isn't ever going to be all that much difference for me, at least. And I think for most people, between that first job you take and the last one you ever have, it's still yeah. it's still a you're doing labor in exchange for money, right? No matter how much you like it or no matter how much you don't. And because of our society, it's on some level coerced, right? Like, yeah, um, you can have a good job. You can have the opportunity to, you know, find the one you want. But on average, the most people in this country have to work something. Yeah. And so it's okay for that to just be a job. Yeah. You know? And in some levels that might be even healthy. Exactly. It's okay to just like it's 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 even okay within that job to not want to climb out of that job. Yeah. It's completely yeah. okay. It's completely okay to just work it and then go home like totally. You I don't think, need there's no ladders you have to climb like Yeah. Yeah. It's it can just like you said it can just be how you get bread on the table and that's all it has to be because Frankly, the fact that we we require work in order to exist is kind of not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mm. oh man, I'm glad we, it's a Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it is for us at least. <laughs> yeah, for us. Yeah, yeah. enjoy yeah. your Wednesday. Enjoy your listener. Wednesday. Yes, your, <laughs> your hump day with us. Um, yeah. Remember, if you're working right now while listening to our show, stand up, take a stretch, get some water, spend an extra five minutes at the water cooler because, my God, you deserve a break. Mm-hmm. You are awesome. Um, you go. Yeah. Leave five minutes early today if you can. Do it. Because um, <laughs> you deserve it. Um, totally. Yeah. Well, well everyone. We are, we are definitely over time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was not expecting this one to be really long, but it was. No, uh, no, we're we're, it we're on a roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, then, with that, everyone, you can follow the show at Dane and Derek everywhere. Um, we don't really post that often, but when we do, it's sometimes funny. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you can see the movies I'm making on my website, DerekAiello.com. Uh, you can find my writing at DaneWrites.com. Uh, best link is in the Substack. A link there, but you can also find my podcast and music I, I, I've written and recorded uh, over there. Uh, yeah. Have a wonderful day. Um, enjoy your work if you can. It's okay if you don't. Um, I hope you're doing something awesome at some point. Yeah. Definitely. Bye-bye. Catch you later.